Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bad film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. That's, That's Mo Pawn, yeah. yeah. And with me, is, as always, is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's bow, Doug bow, Tilly, bow, bow, number one bow, super bow, guy. Bow, bow. Did you forget my name for a second there, Mo? No, no, no. <laughs> I uh, for, for, for a very split second, I lost where the button was, you know? The button. The button. Look, I say so many things in a funny way. I can always uh, have a little fun when you say things in a funny way. Uh-huh. Mr. Button. Mm-hmm. Uh, as uh, regular listeners, listeners of the show know, especially those who partook in episode 50, our previous episode about the, combat The doctors, saddest episode ever. <laughs> the saddest episode ever. We celebrated in the, the most depressing context possible. Yeah. Uh, Mo has taken to vaping. Is that correct, Mo? Yes. You're a vapor. I am a vapor. And in fact, if you go back to that episode, you probably are already aware of that because you can hear it. You just hear a lot of this. That's right. And every time, because uh, I, I edited that episode, and uh, there'd be times when I would say something and there'd be a little bit of a silence, and all I could hear is you exhale. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> This is episode 51 of the No Budget Nightmares podcast, uh, and, you know, it's good to be in the, the second half of our journey to 100 episodes. Yeah. Yeah, because we've made a promise. You might, for those longtime listeners already know, we've made a promise that on episode 100, both uh, Mo and myself were going to lock hands and jump off the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> yeah. We're like the Gigi Allen of podcasting. We've prom- Absolutely. We promised to kill ourselves on stage. We'll never get out of this world alive. That's yeah. the truth. It's that, true. Yeah. So, I mean, so, uh, but even though we're, we're inching ever closer to that day, uh, we're going to keep our spirits up by partaking, I'm going to stop using that word, in <laughs> some of the finest examples of genre, no-budget, micro-budget art available to us. Damn straight. I got to admit, too, Mo, I, I'm running on, like, no sleep. So I'm a little bit wired at the moment. Yeah. See, I, see, I'm the exact opposite. I My sleep schedule has been so weird because I was uh, covering overnight shifts for a couple of weeks um, at work. And now I'm back to my regular schedule, but my body still hasn't quite adjusted yet. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of dead tired right now, but uh, I need to stay up again. You know, I, I was able to do it yesterday. I stayed up until 3 a.m. I got to do it again today. Oh, it's, God. I have to because that's my schedule. If I can't stay up until 3 a.m., then uh, what good am I to my job? Baby. Yeah. <laughs> but it sure it's beats that. It, sh- oh. it sure beats having to stay up until 9 a.m., so that's good enough for me. Fair enough. Mo, you posted a very interesting photo on Facebook today from your job. Oh, the uh, the ass torpedo? 
Now let's just leave that out there with any without any context at all. Right, right. <laughs> my uh, my favorite sorry. comment on that on that picture was uh, one of my uh, wrestling friends uh, writes, "Is that John Cena on the on the packaging?" And I said, "I don't know. I can't see him." <laughs> uh, wah wah wah. So yes, Mo, for those who don't know, works in a sex shop, and he posted a very interesting uh, sexual aid today on his Facebook account. Yeah, that uh, it looked powerful. It looked it looked inexpensive and powerful, which it, are my two favorite things. Yeah, it's not powerful. I mean, it's just a piece of plastic, you know. I mean, or a piece of rubber. Uh, it doesn't like vibrate or anything Is like that. Is it plastic or rubber? I think everyone listening wants to know. It's like Fanta flesh. All right. Yeah. I don't even know what I think, that is. I think uh, I think they actually call it Sensafirm. I think if you look at the picture, that's what it says. It's Sensafirm. Someone won an award for coming up with they that. They absolutely did. <laughs> uh, it might seem like we're just killing time at the beginning of the show, but that is not true. The fact is that the movie that we're covering today uh, only runs an hour, right. so there's always the possibility that we're going to run a little short. Now, in the context of No Budget Nightmares, running a little short would actually probably make this uh, uh, podcast a, a better louder. show. <laughs> it would probably make it much, much better. But uh, we don't do things to make things easier for no. you, the listeners. No, no, we don't. I mean, if we did, we, we could just not record this at all, I suppose. That would be yeah. the easiest thing for the listeners, absolutely. It would be easier for you as well, Noah. I think that, that's probably, fair to say. Probably, probably. Today we're going to be featuring Odd Noggins from the year 2000. Odd Noggins. Directed by Joe Sherlock. Yep. Yep. Uh, Joe Sherlock. Uh, recently, I had the pleasure of interviewing Joe Sherlock for DailyGrindhouse.com, uh, and he was discussing wow. his latest movie, Drifter. So it actually was just sort of a coincidence that we came to now uh, dipping re- much earlier into his career to talk about Odd Noggins. But I was very curious, because I liked his latest film a lot, to see where he came from. I mean, he, he started right in the midst of... Uh, SOV mania in the mid 90s is when Joe Sherlock started as like a kid uh, and this was in 2000 so he had made a few projects up to this point so you know I think this is the one that probably of that period of his career has the most notoriety people know this movie and in fact for those of you who are uh, members of the No Budget Nightmares Facebook group you know because Joe Sherlock is over there answering questions at this very moment mm. that he is currently remaking Odd Noggins I'm not going to watch that maybe maybe we'll see i'll let you watch it first and tell me i will watch it i I know you will and and enjoy it because uh that's exactly what i do (laughs) now you might be wondering why mo would be so hesitant to watch a remake of a movie we haven't yet talked about (laughs) and boy are you gonna find out soon (laughs) uh noggins runs just a little over an hour Uh, i think it's safe to say that it's uh a mix of science fiction and horror uh, to some extent, uh, Joe Sherlock himself described it on the Facebook group as a mix. Uh, David Lynch meets Ed Wood, which I wouldn't describe it as as all at all. But you know, if that's what he was going for, then I mean, I guess I can see where he, why, you know, how he's he's shooting for that for that look. I just I just don't really see it. Before we started recording, I said that it's like David Lynch because it doesn't make any sense, and right. it's like Ed Wood because it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and in that regards, it's one hundred percent true. But you did, you did, you did fail to to use one very important word when you described the length of this film. Mm-hmm. This film is mercifully <laughs> only slightly over an hour long. 
There's something a little hypnotizing about odd noggins because of the sort of repetition of elements that occurs within it. You right. start to feel like you've seen certain things before. Because, because you, you have. have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and that that's sort of, I don't, I think when you really sit down and focus on it, it that can have kind of an unnerving effect, especially because it is such a strange movie. Uh, I mean, I certainly will give it one thing. It's really unlike any of the low-budget movies that I've seen from around that time period. It's yeah. trying to do something really different. It sort of looks like it's made up as it goes along. Uh, like I, I think that it's sort of just been pieced together. But it also, there's there's suggestions that it's all planned out, that that it's all supposed to fit together like it like it fits together. But when this movie ended, all I could think was, not what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Because, I mean, and we'll get into this at some point, but, like, the entire movie has this build-up to this one major event that never happens. <laughs> so it's like, what? And I wish, I wish I had known going into this movie how often people's uh, baths would be interrupted by telephone calls because <laughs> I would have kept track. I would have kept a, a, a number we can keep track as we talk about them. I, su I suppose, but I didn't, I didn't, you know, like I didn't notice it until, until a third of the way into the film. And that's when I started really keeping track of how many times somebody had gotten out of a bathtub. Well, now we have the pleasure and the privilege to be able to talk about the movie in some detail and count as we go along. Huzzah. Huzzah. Huzzah, indeed. Before we start, I just want to give a quick shout-out to John Wayne Spacey over on the Facebook group. He uh, he just recently joined and told us that he had listened to every episode of the No Budget Nightmares podcast except for the first two, uh, which covered Hip Hop Locos. And was the second one Scarlet Fry? I want to say the second one Scarlet Fry. And and uh, I linked him to uh, to Hip Hop Locos, our very first episode. What a long, strange trip it's been, Mo, since that first episode. That poor bastard. It's nigh unlistenable at this point. It kind but, of is, yeah. But uh, you know, you gotta you gotta appreciate where you come from. And uh, thanks again to so John much Spacey for, for reliability, wasting. Huh? I mean, literally days of his life listening yeah. to the podcast. Yeah, I mean, because you got to remember, like, I mean, although that first episode was pr fairly short, I think it was only like 40 minutes or something like that. Yeah, it was you short. Know, yeah, I mean. I would say it's a reasonable length. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a totally reasonable length. But, um, but I mean, hell, we had episodes real soon after that that started breaking two hours, so. Yeah. We, we sort of suck at uh Time at management? Podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> We're real bad with the whole time management thing. Yeah, that aspect of it is something we have difficulty with because we regularly go longer than the movies that we are discussing. <laughs> and that will happen on this very episode. It probably will. But to avoid that happening to such a great degree, maybe we should talk about the year 2000's Odd Noggins. Yeah, let's do it. What were you doing in the year 2000, Mo? Uh, I was just getting kicked out of my house. Hmm. Um... I had moved in with, uh, you know, some some weird dudes. <laughs> uh, actually, I had probably just gotten my first job at a porn shop. <laughs> what an interesting life you've led, Mo. Yeah, not really. Not no. really. I've just had a couple of interesting jobs. The year 2000. It doesn't seem like that long ago, but it was 14 years. Yes, it was. 14 years. Well, 14 years ago, a young director named Joe Sherlock decided to throw caution to the wind and make a movie called Odd Noggins. Now, Odd Noggins starts with 
a horror host intro. Miracala. Miracala, the Velvet, Velvet Vampiress. I love how she mumbles her own name. It's the <laughs> Hello, I'm Miracala. The she turns into like Stallone for a second there. <laughs> but yeah, she's yeah. <laughs> I can't believe uh, this is the second episode in a row we do Stallone impression. <laughs> uh, expected every episode. Uh, yeah, so she's basically like a cut-rate horror host uh, in very high-cut undies. Yeah, the year 2000 undies, or at least maybe late 90s undies. Very interesting. Uh, the Miracala in this case is played by Kimberly L. Cole, who uh, was a had made a name for herself around that time period doing low-budget cinema, uh, a lot of low-budget horror throughout the early 2000s. Uh, she is awful here, uh, and but don't take my word for it, uh, and don't go read The Velveteen Rabbit just because that's <laughs> <laughs> we, ha- we actually have a, a nice chunk of her opening dialogue and, and just get a sense of, of what her acting style is all about. Yeah, I'm going to play this, and then I have a comment on it. So. All right. All right. And here's a little story about some housewives who don't just sit around all day soaking in palm olive and watching soap operas. No, they have more decapitating, I mean interesting pursuits to keep them occupied. Now, the best thing about this line in particular is the way you sent it to me as a note. Now, I posted this in our group, but for those of you who listen to the show but don't follow along in the group, when Doug sent me the note to, to, to grab this audio clip, he said, he wrote, they have more decapitating, I mean captivating pursuits, which is a much, much funnier line than what she said. Because she says, interesting, which makes no goddamn sense at all. Because the whole idea is that she's doing some sort of wordplay, but you're right, right. right. Says interesting. She says, interesting. What a mistake I just made. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> So she's dressed up as as a velvet vampiress, <laughs> and she has like a cape on, and she looks and with her high underwear. She looks ridiculous. But really ridiculous, fine. yeah. Uh, and she's delivering these lines in a very stilted, unconvincing way. You know and what? Then, in my notes, I, I I write she's still better than Scarlet Fry. She's still better than Scarlet. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> so then a pizza guy knocks on the door, and mm-hmm. arrives, and uh, she says. Now, this, this is going to be me nitpicking, and I apologize in advance to anyone listening. She says, I just love a late-night snack when I'm going to watch a movie. But it's clearly daytime outside. <laughs> like, you can see the window, and there's sun obviously just shining. Just pouring out. through. My, yeah. my favorite part is that, he, is, that the, is that the pizza guy knocks on the door and then just comes right in. <laughs> so, uh, in case you're surprised about what's going to happen next she rips his well she doesn't really rip his throat out she just kind of slices it with her fingernails yeah and then she uh, puts like a uh, a goblet underneath his neck and then drinks out of it and she makes a joke about dental hygiene and you know and not wanting to ruin her teeth or whatever i don't know stupid yeah. not not a born comedian this kimberly l cole no oh what was that <laughs> nothing <laughs> nothing nothing uh, and then we jump directly into the opening credits fnc productions presents a film by joe sherlock um yeah the thing about this opening credits the only really notable thing is that it seems like they list every single actor and actress in the cast yeah this the opening credits on this film are like six minutes long it's pretty long it really is long we've seen it before we know why it's like that yeah (laughs) credits are are this credits are an amazing thing 
for the padding aspect of a movie because you can make them as long as you want, right? Right. If you wanted, you could put every actor and actress and every crew member. You can put that all in the opening credits in your movie just goes, and you can put another set. At the end. <laughs> like, right? That's a, yeah, that's what you. We need twelve more minutes for our film. Perfect. I know exactly what to do. The only other notable name in the opening credits, and apologies to the uh, other cast members, is Jeff Dylan Graham, who to this day still works in low-budget films and actually has made a very uh, strong career of playing a lot of lead roles. In, in, And I've seen him in probably five or six movies at this point. And he is a, a strong actor. He's, he's much better than anyone else in this movie. However, in this movie, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> who, do, who does he play in this? He plays the goth kid. In the oh, movie. okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not a big fan. It's, it's hard. And now this is something that, that anyone listening, you're just going to have to put up with uh, from both Mo and myself. I am incredibly anal, as you know, about getting the names of characters in, in movies that we watch. Right. This movie, it's impossible. Some characters are never referred to by name. Never. And on the IMDb page, most of them don't have names next to them. Yeah. So there's almost no way. So we're going to probably be, we're going to be using a lot of descriptive words, to, <laughs> to, <laughs> kind and reasonable descriptive words. Yeah, we'll try. Uh, regarding the characters in this movie, but so when I refer to Jeff Dylan Graham's character as the goth guy or the goth kid, uh, you'll know who I'm talking about. His name is Mike, apparently. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say at least he at least with him we know his name because he so, says it. Though he's one of the most confusing characters in this movie. Yeah. But, but also, he's a kid. Like, he looks so fucking young in this movie. Yeah, he can't... He, I mean, I don't know how old he's, he's he is in real life, in it, but he looks, like, mid-teens. He he's just... dressed... And we'll talk about this when we get to him, but he's, like, dressed like 2000-era Jeff Hardy. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he looks like he's about 17 or 18. Yeah. But, but his character, I guess, is supposed to be old enough to work and have his own place. What are you going to do? Yeah, well, yeah, he mentioned something about... You know, doing monster movie makeup and whatever. Mo, you might recall if you jump into the Wayback Machine that I... we once covered a film by Todd Sheets called Nightmare Asylum. Ah, yes. Mm -hmm. Now, in Nightmare Asylum, something happened near the end of the movie that you really didn't like. You don't like it when characters wake up from dreams to discover that the things that we had seen previously probably didn't happen. That is a surefire way to get an instant zero from me. You know, for a rating, I I hate it, hate it. <laughs> uh, Mo, how many times does that happen in Odd Knockins? Uh, it's nonstop. <laughs> There's like three things that happen constantly in this movie, and that's one of them. And it just drives me bonkers every single time. That's your personal pet peeve. That's one of my biggest personal pet peeves in film is is the is the sudden wake up. Oh, it was all just a dream. The very first thing that happens in this movie is a woman waking up from a bad dream. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she stands up from this couch and sort of just sort of spins around, and there's kind of some weird imagery going on. Mm. And uh, we, it's intercut with her, like, laying on a table, and someone in a robe is cutting her open, a la Blood Feast. Right. And somebody's, like, and, like, she's, like, getting confetti thrown at her. And it's just, yes. There's, like, a bunch yeah. of little pieces of paper being Yeah, thrown. yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> so, and then she wakes up again. Again. So this has now happened twice in, yes. like, the first, well, we'll say, like, I don't know, six minutes. six minutes of the movie. Yeah. She wakes up again. It's implied that she has a headache, and then it just suddenly cuts to her coming home with a big bag of groceries. Yeah, what happened that whole day? It's just like, okay, well, I'm going to go out 
Whatever. Time time has no meaning in the world. No meaning at all. <laughs> the, trying to work out like the timeline of when is day and when is night and when is the next day. Characters will be doing something. And it'll, <laughs> cut, it'll cut to incidents that seem to take place over like a couple of days. And then we'll cut back to them and they're still doing the same thing. Yeah, like you ever read a book and the book follows multiple storylines. And sometimes when you jump to a new character, it jumps back in time to when sure. you know that's so, sort of the feel that this movie has except there's no rhyme or reason to it you know so it's so it seems because because like there's a movie that seems to be constantly playing but we don't know if it's playing like tonight if it's playing right now or if it's playing the night before or or what because it seems like based on a different a different characters perspectives mm-hmm. it's showing at different times or it hasn't even shown yet we'll, we'll see a lot of examples of that yes up. we will so this woman sits down with a tabloid magazine, uh, and she she turns on the television because that's what I like to do. I like to read and watch television at the same time. And there's some guy on the television talking about it, the remains of a captured UFO. Right. And uh, she's watching it and passes out, like, immediately. Right, because that sort of news would bore me to sleep as well. Yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, and then she wakes up again. <laughs> yep. Uh, and uh, this time, though, she it's, things are a little different. She has, like, weird marks on her arm and on her face. Yeah, she's all bruised up. Yeah, and, and uh, she goes in and types, I guess, a blog or something about her, what she experienced. Yeah. And I guess she was abducted by an alien, or at least she thinks she was. Please. Let's hear her description of this. There was this being there, a thing. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it wanted, but it did things to me. Tests, I guess. I don't know. I woke up thinking it was all a bad dream, but now, with the sickness, with these spots, I know something happened. That being did something to me. Something horrible. Wow. So, yeah. (laughs) Even I could hear the wow. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so she, so at this point in the movie, I'm getting into it, right? Uh, Alien abduction, I can get behind that. Sure. Uh, even with the multiple wakings up. Uh, so she calls an, an, an abduction support line yeah. in the back of her tabloid, <laughs> which, of course, is the best, I'm sure, the most reliable service. Yep. No uh, avail. And they think that she's actually just trying to sell her story. Uh, but then something actually happens. Right. I couldn't figure out if she was throwing up butterscotch pudding or lemon donut filling, but <laughs> essentially one of those things starts spewing forth from her mouth. Yeah, she starts coughing up a bunch of yellow shit. Yeah. And it does look like yellow pudding or, or I mean, that's a very good description. It looks, it's very bright yellow. Uh, and then she's suddenly covered in this yellow pudding. And then she starts writhing on the ground. Yeah. Covered in pudding. And then all of a sudden she's a skeleton or this at least hits, a skull. This hits so many points on my fetish checklist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so she melts into a pudding-covered skeleton. If only it had managed to squash a puppy while it, that's right, and during the fall. <laughs> my favorite. So yeah, she, she melts into a pudding-covered skeleton, and then probably the only thing more irritating to you, Mo, than uh, a person waking up from an incident would be to find out that what you're watching is actually on the television screen of <sighs> somebody else. It re- yeah. So so here we are now. We have two false false starts uh, with you know sleeping. Now we find out this is a movie. <sighs> So this is a movie, or, or is it? Dun, dun, dun. Uh, so 
this is being watched by a woman laying on a couch or sitting on a couch, I should say, and she changes the channel, and then there's a horror movie where some women are screaming at a guy in a mask. It's very <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd kind of rather be watching that movie, to be honest. Right. One of the interesting things about the Joe Sherlock movies I've seen is that he doesn't cater to a specific definition of beauty in the actresses that he chooses. And I'm totally cool with that. I, I really like that. Yeah. Uh, so most of my favorite shot-on-video filmmakers, that's one of the interesting things about it, that they don't have to play by those Hollywood rules. Right. Uh, but and, and, and that is certainly the case. There's a lot of voluptuous and curvy women that are in this movie. Right. Uh, the, the woman in this case, she's wearing sort of a, a nightie, and she is uh, watching a horror movie, and um, then she gets a phone call. Or does she phone somebody? I think she. No, no. Yeah, she gets a phone call because it scares her. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I can't remember. Do we have a little bit of this dialogue? We do. Is that the movie about the woman who's abducted by aliens and then melts into a puddle of goo at the end? Yeah, that was it. Totally freaky. Totally freaky. (laughs) So uh, the person that she's talking to on the phone is Helen. Now Helen is also played by Kimberly L. Cole, and we are going to see a lot of her. Not as much as you might expect in terms of. Seeing her body, but uh, <laughs> but more than you might expect, depending on who you are. Right. Um, and that her subplot might be the strangest in this entire movie. Um, but at this point, she's just talking about going to a Halloween party. Right. But I love I love how we we're immediately introduced to the joke about why the aliens would have melted the body because you know like they go on like well why why would they melt the body when it would just leave such like it would leave such a calling card you know so to speak right. you know and like and that joke comes back at the end of the movie as well but I just I thought it was funny cuz they're right it's like why leave such a conspicuous corpse you know when you could just kill them <laughs> there's, a, there's a few kind of repeated jokes throughout this movie, and, and some of them, I mean, they're very random and off the wall. There's a, constant references to pimento loaf. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and even in this conversation, uh, the character mentions that she's going to go to the party dressed as Thousand Island dressing. <laughs> nice. So um, the, the character, the, the woman who was watching the movie, and again, I don't have her name. Uh, she, uh, she, I think the woman who was, who was watching the movie was named Tammy. Okay, so Tammy, we'll go with that. I don't care. I'm writing it down right now. Yeah. Tammy, uh, here's some. Uh, she she finishes the conversation. It, it, she's obviously kind of irritated with uh, with how Helen does go on. Mm. Um, and then she hears some scratching on a door, and she starts. Uh, she grabs a kitchen knife, uh, like a little steak knife, and she looks around her apartment, and she shoves open a door, and it's just uh, two little dogs. It's her dogs. Which, how does she not know that she has dogs in that room? <laughs> I was so shocked that this door... I'm like, oh, it's, it's dogs. Oh, okay. Maybe she has one of those uh, diseases like the memento guy. She just, <laughs> she just forgets everything. <laughs> she has, like, notes tattooed all over herself. One of the notes, like, right on her breast is go to Bob's Halloween party as a, <laughs> as a domina- uh, dominatrix. Other breast has get into bath. Yeah. Interrupted by, by phone call. call. <laughs> <laughs> Rinse, repeat. So speaking of getting into the bath and being interrupted by a phone call, the next thing that happens is that she gets into the bath. <laughs> <laughs> and is promptly inter- It's funny. You can almost, you can almost count. You know, like it's almost like, like, like there's almost like a countdown, like to the point where she gets into the bath. To when she's going to be interrupted by the phone call. And I had a couple where I accurately predicted when they were going to, you know, it's like five, four, three. I think it's safe to say that that Joe Sherlock would consider that a running joke of the movie. Sure. 
it does get tiresome. It gets real tiresome. Especially when it sort of happens back to back. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, exactly. There are moments when it's like, quite literally, it happens. Then they cut to another character who's getting into a bath, and it happens to her. So Tammy's boyfriend is named John, and he's working while she's watching this television show and, and getting a bath and things. Mm-hmm. And we suddenly cut to John. Uh, I don't know what kind of job he's supposed to be doing, but he, uh, he's basically sitting eating lunch, which for his sake is just a uh, a thing of pudding yeah uh and someone sits next to him and brings out like a carrots and a coke like a two liter of coke right and salad dressing and a sandwich <laughs> the guy starts drinking from the two liter <laughs> as well uh, sorry do you, you guys don't call it two liters in your, your country right yeah we do why is that then i don't know it seems like the only things it seems like the only thing that gets measured in the metric system here is soda and drugs <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah. Consistency, anyway. Yeah. So uh, the the workmate who is having the large lunch, he uh, starts describing the same movie that we've already seen uh, with the character melting into a puddle of goo. And, of course, since uh, John is eating pudding, he gets disgusted with it, and he tosses it in the garbage. Yeah. But then it, like, pans down. Isn't there, like, yes. a, there's, like, an eyeball in the thing. There's an eyeball in his pudding. What? Why is there an eyeball in the pudding? I don't know. Anybody? That's a question we should ask Joe Sherlock. Yeah, really. On the Facebook group right now. Let, let's let's pause the recording, <laughs> and I'll go over and ask him. I'm going to write down eyeball in pudding, and I'll ask him about that. Um, but yes, so this is John. John's character arc in this movie is fucked up, just like a lot of characters uh, are. He uh, calls home, and he interrupts a bath. It happens. The characters in this movie, they speak in a very flirtatious manner. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know if I would say flirtatious. I would say, I, it, I, 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 I would say it's just downright dirty talk. It's dirty talk. Yeah. These, these ladies, they're sexual beings. They're, there's nothing wrong with that. They Absolutely are, nothing wrong. They with are that. expressing their sexuality to their lovers or, uh, or, or, or partners in life. And in this case, Tammy and John have a little conversation, and uh, and it gets a little saucy. I don't really like the idea of you getting off without me there. Mm. <laughs> His response is so great. Mm. <laughs> She's calling a homer at work. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Meatballs. <laughs> so uh, she tells him that she got a little freaked out earlier, and he asked her if she was watching that movie, which she only knows about because that guy told him about it. Right. Again, the timeline here is kind of fucked. So she was watching it minutes ago, and this dude just arrived at work after having seen it. Uh, and in, I guess it's supposed to be evening that he's working because the suggestion is that this is the late movie that she was watching. Right. But when we see him driving home in just a little bit, it's it's bright daylight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I love I love how like so they talk about the movie for a second, then they talk a little dirty on the phone. And she's like, "Well, you need to come home," you know. And so he starts. So he just he's racing home, you know, like bopping his head to the music the whole time. Um, My note says that he's horned up. Yeah, he, yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, he's horned up, absolutely. And as any horned up dude might, he uh, on his way home, um, he stops at the Circle K. Right, because why wouldn't you stop fifteen different places on your way to go have sex? Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. <laughs> so, uh, boy, there's some weird shit just coming up, and I'm gonna need you to explain some of it to me. I wish I could. All so right, go he- ahead. He's trying to buy a drink, and the cashier is just entirely ignoring him. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, and he's like, then, then the cashier stops ignoring him and starts complaining that it's his birthday, uh, and that he accidentally rented an art film. Uh, and and I think one of the responses is maybe if it had big breasts in it, it would be more watchable. Well, basically, what he's doing is he's describing a movie that is this movie. Yes. You know, and then he's yeah, and so as he's describing it, he says, you know, he says, oh well, you know, maybe if the movie had some breasts, you know, and while he's saying that, there's a woman walking towards the camera and it's going right into her cleavage, basically. Yeah. And then she she drops her keys and she like bends forward into the camera. Right. And of course. My notes say it's pretty unwatchable even with the breasts, but... I'm going to say something a little controversial. Please do. Look, I like breasts. I do. I like them a lot. Big fan. I a like number em. one. like them a, a lot. lot. Uh, and cleavage is good, too. Mm-hmm. Cleavage alone in a movie, it just doesn't do it for me. Right. Like, it can do it for me. Like, in real life, it does it for me. Okay. In movies, it can do it for me if it then progresses into something else. But just cleavage... Not really my thing. Yeah, I've gotten I've gotten past that point. Like we're just like the idea of seeing cleavage doesn't really. Now this was the year yeah. two thousand. Yeah, back then it would have been a shit different was on story. lockdown back then. Yeah, <laughs> you, you couldn't just just wander over to RedTube or something like that. No, back then cleavage is all you had. You had to grip it with both hands. No, I mean I had a pretty pretty in, uh, extensive collection of, of VHS porn back then. But uh, yeah, I mean, but you're right. It's it, like any any little place you could like that was that was back in the days you were essentially downloading these like 35 second clips of people having sex and like hoping you could finish fast enough. Whatever do you mean? Uh, uh, so as will sometimes happen for the rest of the movie, we're actually going to follow this character. So this woman leaves the Circle K mm-hmm. and we follow her as she arrives home to her apartment. And right. honestly, her cleavage is a little out of control. Where like her shirt is unbuttoned to the point where it's actually a little bit uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> but as she arrives home, there's a dude in the apartment reading a comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, oh, he goes in and grabs a drink, and then he comes out and they start making out. Right, because uh, basically at, by this point she's like unbuttoned down to like her belly. Right. So the boobs are just out now. It's not even you can't even call it cleavage at this point. And he gets horned up immediately. Immediately. And they start making out. Yeah. So back over to the Circle K. Yep. My notes here say stuff happens, but nothing happens. This is the most confusing part of the entire movie for me. I couldn't even tell you what happens here because I don't have any. I need you to explain it piece by piece. All right. Well, you tell me what happens and I'll try to explain it. (laughs) So the employee at the Circle K. Right. He starts looking off into some direction, just a random direction. Yep. We, his eyes bug out suddenly. Yeah. And he sees a sticker that says employees only. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to a woman dancing. And it's, uh, it's, it's uh, Mirakella slash Helen, right. uh, Kimberly L. Cole. She is dancing in sort of like a belly dancer costume. Right. So he still seems to be standing behind the counter where we saw him earlier. Except that he's not. Except that he's not. Now, in the foreground of this dance, you can see somebody sitting in a chair. But it's obviously not the same guy. Right. Uh, and so she does a very unerotic dance. Very unerotic. And I don't even know if unerotic is a word, but whatever the opposite of erotic is, that's yeah. what's happening in this dance. Diserotic. So, <laughs> so then it cuts to some guy reading a Jugs magazine, mm-hmm. and he asks, he like yells back, "Are you are you done back there yet?" Right. Then we cut back to the employee of the Circle K, 
who says, so when do you take it all off? Right. And, and she is very offended by this. And then she leaves. Yeah. And that, well, I mean, what, what needs explaining there? That's exactly what happens. It, <sighs> it's so weird. Okay. The only way this makes sense, and it, this, it is not presented this way, is if he went into an employee's only area. Right. Well, we, he, you have to make that assumption. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now continue. No, you have to make the assumption that he that he went into a different area for employees only, and received a uh, a lap dance. But she, she's not a lap dancer. She's like. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. I meant to say belly dancer. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sexist. I, well, uh, whatever. <laughs> so he's receiving this in the back room of a Circle K. Right. I guess he's supposed to be the person who's sitting down in that chair. They're obviously not in the same room. I mean, it, it, it cuts back. It, they don't even look like the same location. But there's a lot of shots like that in this movie, too. Yeah. Yeah. So so this is very strange, and it's a it's just meant to be a, a way of introducing, again, Helen as a character, because that's what she does. She works as a strippogram, except she does exclusively belly dance. Belly dance. Right, exactly. And we find out that there are other characters who do other things like there's a clown and an easter bunny that sort of thing we are like approaching the halfway mark of this movie we're, right. we're over 20 minutes into it and now we're getting a, we're going to discover that most of the plot has to do with yes with with uh these telegram deliverers who dress in different ways like you said like a bunny like a clown and that is going to be important as a way to introduce that this is terrible yeah so we now follow helen who goes home and she takes off? Well, all the, but the but the did, did you mention the line that the clerk said? Mm. When do you take it all off? So yeah, yeah. she gets really pissed about it and she right. leaves in frustration. Yep. So because I guess she gets that a lot because she's a belly dancer and she's dancing lasciviously and uh, the Ooh, expectation big is words she's going to take that shit off. Right. But there should be no expectation of that because that is not what she does. Right. Also. Strippograms and shit. Like, does that even exist anymore? I guess it does. Uh, if it does, I have no idea. I've, I've, I've never, I've never even heard of it outside of like Filmland. Filmland. Yeah, you know, outside <laughs> of outside of like the movies. Uh, and even in the year two thousand, I'd have to think like telegrams are not the most common way of communicating. Um, right. So she goes home. She, uh, we see her business card as she throws down her uh, her bag, <laughs> and she gets into bed. Now, this is a common movie trope where she gets into bed next to someone who's got like the blanket pulled up over his head, so you know something's up. Yeah. Especially when that person doesn't respond to her. Exactly. She somehow doesn't doesn't like this doesn't set off any alarm bells for her at all. Nope. She's like, all right, I'm gonna go to bed. Yeah. So she's wearing these big old Grinch slippers. Yeah. And she talks about how she's thinking of becoming a stripper. Which, if she's thinking of that anyway, she probably shouldn't have get, gotten that. Effect. Yeah, no, exactly. That's I, that's, what I'm, that's that's sort of what I was thinking. Like, if you were already thinking about becoming a stripper, why are you so pissed at the guy asking you to take your clothes off? It would have been better if she said that in the sense that, geez, I might as well become a stripper. Because right. But she is legitimately thinking of becoming a stripper. Right. Um, Silly but, movie. And then she says, at least I'm not a clown at a kiddie party. And cut to the clown. I'll tell you what, folks. Who's, if you're listening now, you've never seen Odd Noggins, which probably a lot of you, that's the case. You have no idea where this is going. Right. <laughs> because, uh, because uh, you'll see. 
Well, so I mean, well, well, the thing is, is that when when that Circle K guy before is talking about that movie that he rented, you know, he's talking about how like how like you're constantly following these characters, but you never see where they wind up. That's what happens in this. So anytime, yeah. anytime there's an opportunity to introduce a new character, they do. And then you never really find out what happens to them. Then the movie yes. ends. <laughs> so in this case, we see a female clown arriving home. She looks a little dejected and tired. Right. Uh, and we do see that she works for Talk of the City Telegram. So all of these characters work for the same Telegram company. Right. So she arrives home, and she gets a phone call from Bob about the upcoming Halloween party. Right. Uh, and he's kind of annoying, but uh, but hey, it's a conversation. And uh, she says that she's going, and it's a short conversation. And then she takes off her clothes and gets into the shower or goes to the bathroom and cleans herself. Right. Then we see another person arrive home. This time dressed as a bunny. <laughs> and now we've got an Easter bunny. And she also looks dejected and upset about the fact that this is her life. And honestly, if my life was dressing as an Easter bunny and delivering telegrams, I can see how that would be a little bit boring and upsetting. I'd put a bullet right in my head. <laughs> we do get to hear her phone messages uh, as she arrives in. Uh, Brad calls to tell her that she's been pre-approved for a credit card. And I think we have a little bit of that audio that I found amusing. Mm-hmm. If you would be so kind, it's called back at 1 800 extension 9 That will get you right to me, and I can get you on your way to buying that television. Here's the question <laughs> what, what year did, uh, did Office Space come out? I think that would have been 1998. So this came out after that. Mm-hmm. All right, so clearly he's doing a Milton impression. It sounds a little bit like yeah, because otherwise I would have assumed otherwise I would have assumed he would have he was doing a Bill Murray in the late seventies impression. Right, uh, the uh, that part where he's reading off the numbers for the one eight hundred number and just keeps going. I did find that very amusing. I laughed. I really <laughs> did laugh. I thought I thought that was the funniest part of the entire movie. If you could call us back in one eight hundred nine 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 nine. Extension nine. <laughs> so then she uh, she gets into the bath. <laughs> <laughs> she she goes into her bathroom. She runs herself a bath. She gets into the bath with some wine. Right. Say, so remember John who stopped at the Circle K on his way home to get some? Right. It's it's this point I should also note that in my notes uh, I should note that in my I should comment that in my notes um, I say there's a, a surprising amount of uh, of larger women getting into bathtubs in this movie. There is. There really there is because this is like the fourth one by this point in the film. It's really, I mean, it's it's as, when you're not expecting that it is a little surprising. It is. Yeah. It is because you start to think you're going insane. While right. You're exactly. And it's and, and and as we've stated previous, it's I have nothing against this at all. It's just odd. Yes. It's you know, just different. It's yeah. different. But it's not different necessarily in a bad way. Right. At this point. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so John is on his way home and he notices that they, there is a comic book convention going on. Dude, you're going home to get sex. Why are you stopping at all these places? Again, I remember the timeline, and this is so fucked. Yeah. Right? Why is there a comic book convention going on? In the middle of the night, night or yeah. even in the middle of the day. Yeah. Uh, and so this part is all fucked up, too. So he goes into the convention. Right. And they do this by using real footage from a comic yeah, convention. Clearly inserted footage from, from a con that they had happened to have had. And then they switch back to this actor... Yep. Uh, 
and he's standing in front of a bunch of comics, and there are people in costumes wandering back and forth behind him, but it doesn't match at all. Right, right. So he's having a conversation with someone named Deanna, who I don't know who that is. I don't know, but she plays herself. She's playing herself as some sort of uh, screen queen or something like that, mm. I guess. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, they're kind of just sort of talking at this moment. Yeah, to give a to give a reference point, this is sort of like if you remember the the, the those funny old interviews that Weird Al used to do. Exactly. Yeah, where, where it'd be him Open on up was... the tigers, and the out. <laughs> right, right. It's sort of set up like those, except in a moment. We will actually see that John was at this convention. Right. And he actually did interact with this person, which just makes it all the more crazy, particularly because and I'm just going to mention this here. He's wearing a different shirt in the scenes that we see him at the convention in a moment mm-hmm. because one of his shirts has a, is black with a pattern on the front and then the other one has no pattern. And we're not supposed to notice, but I noticed. <laughs> so uh, the next thing we get is uh, a phone call. The clown woman answers, and again, I apologize for not being able to describe her in any other way. Right. Uh, and, well, you uh, could, but it would be really mean. Yes. <laughs> there's, there's no need for that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Go ahead. She, uh, she, it, she's talking to a friend of hers who is uh, suggesting that she, she said that she was going to go to a renaissance fair with her. Right. Uh, but she says that she's exhausted because she did three kids' parties and a supermarket opening, and some old guy grabbed her ass old guys so she's not into it so she says that she'll see her at bob's party everyone's gonna go to bob's party this movie's gonna end with a big party yeah bob's it's gonna be house party two pajama jammy jam at bob's got a question for you mo what this renaissance fair woman yeah has she been introduced at this point no no she's not one of the other women nope okay so we cut back to john wandering the convention he goes up to someone and he's looking to buy some videotapes this this woman from earlier i guess uh, and she says that she left the videos up in her room. Ooh. And so she asks him to come up with her since the box is, uh, is heavy. Yeah. This seems like an unlikely thing to, to happen. I don't know how unlikely it is. It's, I mean, it's implausible. It's not impossible. Mm. I, I mean, I think, I think what happens next is, is impossible. Oh, I, I've been calling this guy Bob, by the way. This is John. 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 Yeah. Yes, Bob is the party. Bob's the party guy. Uh, John is uh, is kind of a dopey-looking dude, not in a bad way, uh, but I'm just saying that in this particular case... Yeah, as a, as a couple of dopey-looking dudes, he's... Yes. Yeah, he's a dopey We know dude. that it's unlikely... We can sense our own. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, um, the uh, belly dancer, Helen, she's still laying in bed. Now, I don't know if this is supposed to be the next day or not. The suggestion is that it's the next morning because she tells her husband that it's time to get up right though it looks like she's in the exact same position as in the last time that we saw her because she is though remember she was dancing at the circle k and it was during the day (laughs) (laughs) so but then something something fantastic happens so her husband still has the blanket pulled over his head uh and you know what that means so she slowly pulls the blanket back and And i love i love the dummy that they use here because like because they have like the twist marks in his neck where they you know his his head got twisted around basically Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's uh, clearly like a mannequin head it's oh it's so great so she suddenly wakes up again. Your favorite thing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it was a bad. I'll tell you what. Thinking about that particular sequence now, rest of the movie doesn't make any sense. Like that doesn't fit together with what we discover later at all. 
So she suddenly wakes up, and it was a bad dream. Yeah, it just shouldn't have been a dream. Right. So right. There, there's nobody next to her. Yeah. So she gets up, and she finds a note, and it's it's from her husband. I keep referring to him as her husband. I guess it's I husband. assume, yeah. And he went well, to the store. He's going to be a Bonies all day. Right. He's going to be a Bonies. Bonies. <laughs> so uh, she does what anyone would do in the movie. Wait, 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 wait. Can I, can I guess? Can I guess? Yes. Ooh, 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 ooh. Does she take a bath? Yeah, well, she gets in the shower. Does she? She takes, she takes a standing bath. A standing bath. She also caresses her body in what can only be described as a ridiculous way. Right, right. <laughs> like, the water's running. She's caressing herself. It's like, I mean, I, I, I know women, you know? Right. Like, I, I'm not going to pretend that I know every intricacy of, uh, of a woman's mind or how that works. But uh, I do know that when a woman is trying to be sexy, they, they're able to do it because they know their own bodies. Right. This woman is acting like she has never encountered her own body before. Right. Can I... This is her first time. <laughs> oh, what are these things? Hi. Hello. Uh, poop, 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 poop. Poke, poke, poke. Uh, can, can I guess what else happens? What's that? D- does, does she get a phone call? You know what? She, she, it is a bath, isn't it? It's not yeah, a shower. She takes a bath. Why? Why didn't you correct me? I, I, I because I, I don't know because I just finished watching this movie and I assumed maybe there was a bath, I maybe there was a shower, but no, she I, takes a bath. I, I think I always write first that they're going in to get a shower because that seems like what naturally would happen. I think right. people take a lot more showers than baths, but I recall that there's a rubber lizard on the edge of her tub. <laughs> That's what I remember. And the goddamn so, phone rings. So uh, yeah, it's Tammy. So you're right, it's Tammy from yep. the beginning. See, and Tammy asks if Helen has seen John. John was at the comic convention. It's Tammy. Mm-hmm. She's wondering. He was horned up. He said he was coming right home, but he never did. So then we're getting these characters, right? Helen, belly dancer. Tammy, woman waiting for John. <laughs> John, guy taking as many stops as is humanly possible before going home. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Helen says that she has not seen John since they... Uh, they since, since he jumped naked into her pool. Right. So these guys are all just a bunch of swingers. They're all they're like wild, crazy people. If only we got to see some of this wild and crazy behavior yeah. instead of hearing people talk. I know, them. exactly. I'd be much more interested. I mean, we almost kind of do earlier when we see, uh, when, when there's that real quick shot of uh, Tammy in her dominatrix outfit. Yes, yes. We didn't mention that, but yeah, yes. I, I kind of wish that scene wasn't in the movie, but, you know. So, we're, they're still introducing new characters, by the way. We yeah. suddenly get introduced to uh, Jeff Hardy, uh, the a ridiculous goth guy played by Jeff Dylan Graham. Yep. And he is apparently in someone named Laura's house because uh, Laura, uh, Tammy calls Laura to ask if she can get a ride to Bob's party with her. Right. So that's all we really know at this point is that uh, this goth guy, Mike, uh, he, he says that he's been working all day doing monster makeup. And he doesn't know if he can make it to the party. Yeah. You know what my biggest problem with this movie is? Is that there's so many, like, weird little quick 
cuts right that it's really really i mean it's hard anyway based on like the writing and the weirdness of it and all that other shit but i mean there's so many quick cuts it's really hard to keep track of what happens when and yeah uh, it's a good thing we have notes because i wouldn't be able to describe but even with my notes like like you're like you're almost like getting ahead of me not that i'm telling you to slow down or anything like that but i mean it's like you're almost getting ahead of me and i'm trying to figure out what's happening next and i'm like and then you say it and i'm like oh yeah right that (laughs) That happened. Well, I mean, in your defense, Mo, you only finished this movie like an hour ago. (laughs) Yeah, that's not in defense of me. That's 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 a bad thing. I only finished it an hour ago. I should remember what 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 happened to the damn movie. So we go back to Helen, who is sort of sitting in her kitchen talking to a friend of hers. She's uh, she's talking about her life situation. So he's going to be watching football at Bonnie's all day again. Yeah, it's not so bad, really. If he was here, I'd be getting him another beer instead of chatting with you. And having some damn fine coffee. <laughs> that's, that's so bad. Like, that line... The, 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 not necessarily Helen, but the actress who's with her, like her line delivery, it's, it's probably the worst. And I want to play that clip again, just so you can. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Cause, um, yeah, yeah. Just listen. Try to see if you can distinguish which, because they sound so the same. Try to distinguish who's who. So he's going to be watching football at Bonnie's all day yeah, it's not so bad, really. If he was here, I'd be getting another beer instead of chatting with you. And having some damn fine coffee. Having some damn fine coffee. I think that damn fine coffee is, is supposed to be a reference to Twin Peaks, right? Yes. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we... yeah, now, now um, that we know there's a Lynchian element to it, the damn fine coffee. Yeah, I'm surprised they weren't eating pie, really. <laughs> so this is also the only suggestion, by the way, that, that Helen, when she talks about that she'd be getting... Um, her her husband another beer if he was there that that maybe she's not happy in her relationship and, right right and maybe but that that's like that certainly isn't the case for all the characters at least not we don't get a, a strong sense of that right uh, the the girl that she's with by the way says that she's going to be dressed as a pimento loaf for the Halloween party <laughs> <sighs> so. Now we're going to get introduced to my favorite slash least favorite character in the movie. Right. So here, so here we have the moment where they they actually the other two girls had mentioned uh, uh, the Ren Fair very very briefly. So you know that once something new gets mentioned, that's when you get introduced to the new character. So now we're being introduced to the Ren Fair girl, and I know I just I just noticed that my that my program on my computer automatically fixed all of Ren's to tens. So this is so this is the ten fair girl. <laughs> so yes, so we don't unnamed Renaissance Fair Girl. Yep. Uh and she is interacting with her boyfriend who how would you describe her boyfriend, Mo? Um uh, eerily reminiscent of uh Toby Radloff. <laughs> how about a little more descriptive descriptive terms about this man? He's a big fucking nerd. He's a big fucking nerd is yeah. a good way to describe him. He's got a kind of a high-pitched, effeminate voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, he's terrible, but is very enthusiastic in his terribleness. Yeah, he, he kind of re- – he reminds me a lot of that uh, – oh, God. What's the, what's the I, character? I know a lot of people just like this. So do, so do I. So do I. Um, he reminds me a lot of uh, that character from uh, Community. What was his name? Garrett? The guy with the really high-pitched voice who kind of looks like oh, a – right. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he re- he reminds me of him, but Garrett's like obviously like an extreme version, you know. He's he's a little more like 
caricature than this guy is. So uh, he he says things like, come hither, you wench. Uh, right. And he's wearing sweatpants. And again, I recognize so many people within this character. <laughs> but before, before we get a real good sense of what that guy is like, we cut back to uh, Helen, who's doing the world's worst striptease in the world's worst dress. Uh, it's really awful. This dress is something else. Ugh. It's got like veils across the front. That is, I mean, it is just, <laughs> I, I laughed when I saw it. Because I think we're supposed to think it's sexy. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I mean, I, you know what I, you know what I, I think that the veils in the front were like a, um, what's the term? A, uh, oh god, I hate when this happens. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially with us recording and people yeah, listening. I know, right? Uh, thank goodness you can cut all this out. It was like a, a compromise, you know, like where she like didn't want to just be in nothing but a like a bikini top. You know, they're like, okay, fine. So you can put this, you can just like. You can't really be a stripper unless you have something to take off. Yeah, right. I guess. <laughs> but regardless, regardless, it's awful. It's the stupidest looking thing ever. And her friend's reaction is priceless. Yeah. So what do you think? Ooh, very sexy. That was the most sarcastic, like, <laughs> mm, very sexy. And she, her friend says that she should get good tips on her strippograms, so I guess she's really, she's going for it. She's going to be a stripper. Let's do this. Yeah, so that's, and then her friend leaves. Yep. Back to the goth guy, Mike. <laughs> he, uh, he wakes up suddenly, you know, that thing that happens in this movie. <sighs> and he wanders his apartment because there's sort of a weird sound. Yeah. And then he mysteriously falls through a hole, and now he's, like, in a basement. He falls slash ducks down. Right, right. <laughs> and, yes, now he's in a basement wearing the gothiest clothes possible, a Phantom of the Opera shirt. <laughs> 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 and, and he uh, sees someone who looks a lot like him uh, making scary sounds. Right. And then he starts coughing up yellow goop, and then he's covered in yellow goop, and then he wakes up again. <laughs> You know what I you know you know what I loved about this this thing is this guy he mentions earlier when he's talking about all the like the work that he's doing he's like you should he says something to the effect of you should see how much money I'm making yeah and meanwhile the house that he's in has exactly one wicker chair to sit in you know this room has no furniture except for the bed and a cruel intentions poster basically yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So he wakes up and he turns on the television and it's the movie from the beginning again. I guess it's a rerun or something of that yeah, movie. Yeah. Doesn't seem to recognize that that shit he just dreamed about is in this it's movie. It's exactly Maybe. what just happened. Yeah, so I guess it doesn't really matter. Uh, we then cut back actually to Helen once again and she's doing some more ridiculous stripper moves yep. just in case we didn't get that. Yeah. And then we go back to the Renaissance. Yeah, the Ren- the Renfair couple. They wake up, so I guess it's another morning. Well, I don't he, know what's he, going on. He wakes up. No, 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 no. no. He, it's it's oh, still right. they fucked, right? It's, yeah, they happened. fucked. So there, there's it's still there's still the same morning because he mentions to her, it's like, oh, you know, like uh, I I don't want to. Uh, eventually, he says something to the effect of where he talks her out of having sex again because he doesn't want to make her more late for the things she's going through. But man, they have a really stupid bit of dialogue before they, that. Also, he wakes up from, I guess, falling asleep after sex, and right. he's still wearing his glasses in bed, and that just doesn't happen. Right, and he, doesn't he have, like, his underwear on his head or something like that? I think that's supposed to be, like, a strawberry shortcake-style hat that he wears to bed. Sure. He puts it on again afterwards. It's idiotic, regardless. It, it's supposed to be funny, 
But instead, it's funny in the way that, like, if you had, like, some drunk friends goofing around, it might be funny. Right. But in the context of a movie, this guy, well, <laughs> let's hear this conversation. <laughs> yep. Okay, okay, Sir Porkalot, that's enough. Porky? Porkalot? Are you saying I'm the other white man? Tom? Well, I don't mean Porky. I'm, 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 I'm beefy. You can call me Sir Beefalot. <sighs> God. Touch? Don't you just want to punch that guy? I really, yeah, like every time he talks, I want to punch him. It's like, <laughs> her, uh, her Porky, I mean, her, her, her pork slot. He fucked up his line. Yeah, and like, <laughs> take two, guys, take two. <laughs> you can call me Sir Beefalot. I'm, I'm more beefy, call me Beefalot. I like Chef, Chef Boyardee, Beefaroni, Professor. So she's she's reading a magazine and she's talking about they they have some banter. That yeah, they talk about like male sensitivity and like sex drive and like the whole conversation is just incredibly stupid. Now you got the impression that she wants to have sex with him and he's trying to push her away. That's what I got. Yeah, because she, she he says I'm much deeper than that and she goes yeah deeper. Right. Which suggests yes that she wants to have sex. I thought that they were just kind of bantering. No, no, I, I, I got, no, because she goes in at the end to give him another, you know, to start kissing him again. Yeah. And he, like, talks her out of it. Yeah, because she, there, she like, starts pawing on him. Yeah. And it's humiliating to watch. It really and is, for her. And she kisses his forehead and, and leaves, but it seems like he's disappointed at that point. No, see, to me, it seems like, like that's what he wanted because, yeah. like, yeah, because, oh, I don't want to make you any more light than you already are for the rent. Right. <laughs> Jesus. You know? Let's just do a podcast with you doing that voice yeah, from now on. Just the whole time. So he puts on he puts on his ridiculous hat thing and goes yeah. back to sleep. I'm gonna go back to bed, bro. Uh so the clown woman, uh she uh finishes I guess she's finished her bathroom. I love I love that you call her the clown woman because in my notes it's exactly what I call her. I call her the clown woman. She uh, goes into her kitchen and she grabs some yogurt and a spoon and she turns on the TV and it's the woman from the beginning spitting up yellow goo. Yeah. It all, by the way, th it all seems to only show that one part of the scene. Right. <laughs> you don't get them watching the movie and wondering why there's still like four minutes of her just waking up over and over again. <laughs> oh, it's the chilling part where she arrives home with groceries. Yeah. Uh, so um, that's oh, they keep cutting back and forth between the yellow goo and her eating yogurt and it's pretty gross. So right. Good on them. Right, and doesn't she have, like, a dream about... No, maybe that's not her. I don't know. Whatever. Maybe that was a dream you had while watching the movie. <sighs> you woke up suddenly, and... Yeah, yeah, and I went to my fridge and got a yogurt. And then you got in the bath, and someone called. Actually, that did uh, happen. So, it, it kind of cuts to other people watching the same program. Right. And the one of the women starts coughing up goo... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that one of the, 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 the I think maybe the woman from the beginning. Uh, I think it's Tammy. Oh yeah, yeah, it is Tammy. Tammy does that. Yeah. So she starts coughing up goo, and it's really disgusting, and she's convulsing on the floor, and it's not pleasant. And then she suddenly wakes up, <sighs> and the phone rings. Of course. And it's Dale. Right. Who's Dale again? I don't know. Yeah, people often mistake me for my daughter Dale. <laughs> You're uh, soaking in it. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, because my notes are literally like, then she wakes up, ugh, really, phone rings, knock on the door. You know? Yeah. So it's so, like, yeah. So 
Uh, I don't even remember the specifics of what happens in that. It's someone named Dale calling, and he's asking her about that UFO abduction movie. Okay. So back to the clown woman. Right. And she gets a knock on her door, and it's a uh, someone making a delivery of a cardboard box. And we have a little bit of that dialogue. The fucking teeth on this guy. Yeah. I should say the fake teeth on this guy. He's got, like, Halloween teeth in his yeah. mouth. Hi, ma'am. I'm from Speedy Delivery, and I have a package for you. Got it. Hang on a second. Got a sign right here. Just put it right on the X. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good. So thank you very much. You have a nice day. Mm-hmm. And enjoy your package. <laughs> enjoy your package. So he, uh, you might think that we're then going to see what happens with her immediately. But instead, it follows this delivery guy for a few minutes while he walks off muttering to and himself. And just mumbles the whole time. Hilarious! And then we see the clown woman open the package. She looks into it and she says, well, it's about time. And then she just sort of walks off. Yeah, she just box. gets this blank look on her face and just walks off. I don't even think she takes the box with her. I think she just walks off. Oh, she just off. walks off like a zombie, uh, then we go back to goth guy, Mike, yeah. uh, and he's watching, he's still watching that alien abduction movie mm-hmm. somehow. And his girlfriend, I guess, comes home. Yeah. Keeping in mind that we're like, we're, there's like 10 minutes left of this movie and we're, I think yeah. we're just being introduced to this character. Yeah. She comes home and, uh, she, he, he kind of pisses her off because he's not paying her much attention after she's been like, I guess working all day. Though yeah. I guess the in- implication earlier is that this is the morning. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, and she goes into the bedroom, and he comes up behind her, and he apologizes for being kind of a dick, uh, despite the fact that they both look like they're, like, 16. Yeah. And uh, and she goes, it's like you didn't even notice me. And then she goes to take a shower. <laughs> yep. So this drama is unimportant. It really is. It's so dumb. So, uh, yeah, so she goes to take a shower in this movie. Oh, but she makes the same, uh, she makes the same comment before, uh, or that the, you know, about why the aliens wouldn't leave the, shouldn't leave the body, whatever, you know, so it's just an, it's another of that joke. So back to Helen again, who's still dancing like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, she is. And she gets a knock on her door and it's Tom and he has a package for her. It's just a big cardboard box once again. And she asks Tom if he can uh, come in for a few minutes, and uh, he says that he can't. He goes in. She gets him a soda, and uh, they talk about the Halloween party that's upcoming. Right. And uh, then she starts asking Tom about uh, the the fact that he went to a bachelor party where he went to a series of nudie bars. Right. Then she starts to strip for him. Well, I like that he's like, "Oh, you're not gonna get, you're not gonna like lecture me on that, are you?" You know. And then she's just like, "No, I'm gonna do this." And she starts like jiggling him, you know, awkwardly in front of him. Yeah. So she does some awkward stripping, and, uh, and Tom door... Tom looks a little nonplussed by the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yes, the doorbell rings, and she opens the door, and there's a fake head on her doorstep. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to be fake. Oh, isn't it? I don't yeah. know. It doesn't. It in no way looks real. No, no, it doesn't look real at all. But I don't think it's supposed to be fake. She just grabs it and runs off. <laughs> yeah, she grabs it, and then Tom says, "Man, this is weird." I echo those sentiments. <laughs> so now back to the clown lady, right. who's now wearing sunglasses and a nightie. Right. And she takes the box, goes outside, and through a random door. And she sits down and starts pushing random buttons that are we don't see. Yeah. And a UFO rises up from this building. Brilliant. Okay. Back to the stripper. She's now dressed in a more ridiculous outfit, believe it or not. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, though uh, Tom doesn't think that it's ridiculous. Wow, cool outfit. Who was at the door? No one. Listen, Tom, come with me. <laughs> yeah. She probably could have uh, read that line a little, you know, more wooden, but it takes it takes it takes a Don the Dragon Wilson level of wood to to achieve that goal. So I, I guess Tom has figured out what's going on at this point. He's playing it cool. She brings him into the bathroom, <laughs> the favorite spot of this entire movie. Yeah, I love it because she she's like, oh, well, let's, you know, it's like, well, I could really use you for some publicity photos. Yeah, she wants a strong man to carry her around. Right, right. You probably work out, don't you? And he pulls out his bicep. He's like, yeah, I do. So uh, he she asks, her, asks him, sorry, to take off his shirt, which mm-hmm. he does. Yep. And then he picks her up and then she kisses him. And then she starts choking him. Right. And says, you'd better run. Yeah, she's like, your muscular neck won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah like... right. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. So uh, she, she says he better run. He, be- he, he better run. Uh, he runs out of the bathroom. She takes a laser gun out. And as he runs, she shoots him in the back and he falls down ridiculously. This might be one of the best moments in the entire movie. It was so good that I turned it into an animated gif and yeah. posted it on our our uh, Facebook page because I great. loved it so much. Why did she say you'd better run? Oh. Is there some something inside herself that that wants him to get away or No, she probably it was probably just a situation where they thought the line sounded cool. That doesn't does it, not sound cool. It really doesn't. And then she says after killing him too bad. I kind of liked your face too. What, that? what does that mean? I don't know. So she puts on some sunglasses, and then she goes to the fridge and grabs that fake head. So I guess it was a real head because why else would it be in the fridge, right? Right, right. Uh, she goes outside and talks into her arm. <laughs> she has like a wristband on, and she talks into it, and she says, "Prepare for departure." And then she just vanishes. Right. You know how in movies where, like, characters will teleport and you'll get, like, a fancy effect as they teleport? Yeah, I love... Yeah, this is the best... This is some of the best movie magic in the film, right? <laughs> she literally just goes, boop, and she's boop, gone. She's yeah. Gone. <laughs> and there's not even a sound like boop. It's just gone. <laughs> oh, uh, man. So then a woman wakes up in bed and kisses her husband. Um, I don't know who this woman is. I think it's the woman, the cleavage woman from before. Yeah, I th- yeah, it's the cleavage woman from before. So we we know nothing else about her except that she has cleavage. But I love that she gets up and she starts and she kind of runs out of the room real quick. And so he starts real quickly getting dressed because he seems like he's gonna follow her. Then he just kind of goes, "Hey, babe, how about pancakes?" <laughs> and then just <laughs> and then just lays back down. <laughs> that suggests, by the way, that it's morning again somehow. Right, right. I don't know how that works. <laughs> it's it's like literally like four and a half weeks later at this point. And he opens, like, a Lucha Libre magazine, uh, and he starts reading that. So yeah. that guy's pretty cool. But then uh, his girlfriend comes back on, back in with lingerie on, and she goes, you like? And he goes, I like. And then she snaps his neck and pulls Just his head pulls off. pulls his fucking head off. So it seems like, like, why even go through the effort of putting on the lingerie? Why not just... No, remember, because that's what happens. That's, that's, the, that's the, the modus operandi, so to speak, for all of them. They put on that outfit, which I guess is, like, their... Homeworld gear, you know, and then oh, oh, you are giving too much away. I don't. Who cares? This movie's almost over. Uh, <laughs> it really is. It's like there's like three minutes. There's three left, minutes left to this fucking movie. This yeah, and 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 a minute and a half of that whatever's left to this film is audio clips from us. So get ready for those. Um, 
So yeah, she snaps his neck and pulls his head pulls off. his head right off, and then it just kind of yeah. And then she says, "Ready for departure." And right, which I don't think they understand what departure means. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that that's the right word they could have used. I think like extraction probably would have been a better better term. I think it's safe to say that this movie is a departure from quality. <laughs> wah wah wah. So back to Mike, the goth kid, uh, right. who's still watching the movie. Somehow he's still watching the. Fu- Isn't it morning? <laughs> <laughs> Were they just gonna have pancakes? Well, you know how like the you know how like uh, they're doing that marathon with every Simpsons episode ever. Well, they're doing the same thing with this, where it's they just play this movie. You know, I think a better example would have been where they you do a twenty four hours of a Christmas story, right? Yeah, so, this one they're doing fourteen weeks of this one particular movie. His girlfriend just got out of the shower, so yep. that shower that we saw her start before, it, she must have been in there all night. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> takes a long time to transform into a you know uh, to put sunglasses on. Yeah, so then she starts attacking him, and he goes and hides in the basement, and uh, so he calls the police. This is such a strange thing. Now, here's the thing. Okay, let's play the audio clip first, and then I have a, a very quick anecdote. Hello? Yeah, this is my kind No, this isn't a prank call. My girlfriend, she's trying to fucking rip my head off. Ugh, Mike Cunt. Mike Hunt, and by the way, when he says Mike Hunt into the uh, to the police officer, he doesn't even try to make it sound like Mike Hunt. Right. He just says Mike Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this isn't a prank call. <laughs> so I went to school with a guy named Mike Hunt. Oh yeah. And uh, I totally did. And w- the funny thing about it is a that that joke is in Porky, so everyone already knew right, you're not right. supposed to call your kid Mike Hunt. But also, like we didn't really kind of glom on to the idea that this was hilarious up until kind of junior high level right when when if he was ever like if, if there was like a morning announcement and he was asked to come to the to the um to like the principal's office for some reason they wouldn't say michael they would always say mike see that's dumb yeah i mean i can only imagine what the rest of that kid's life was like probably <laughs> not good maybe he went <laughs> thing is, even if you go by michael you know what you're trying to do right exactly I, I I remember his mother fairly well. She looks like the kind of person who would name her kid Mike Hunt and not even think about it. <laughs> Apologies, I, Mrs. Hunt. I um I went to a school with a uh, a guy. Well, no, I didn't go to school. Uh, my singer went to school with a guy uh, named Michael Raffone. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That was his name. It was Michael Raffone. My. In back in Newfoundland, the the last name Lear is very common. Mm. And my mother went to school with a woman whose name was Crystal, and her mother uh, gave her middle name as Shonda, so her name was Crystal Shonda Lear. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. That's a lot of no, no. I'm laughing at that because because I actually, and I know this is getting ridiculous now, but I I personally went to school with a with a girl whose name was crystal her middle name was shan and her last name was del air <laughs> that's so weird that is really weird. yeah like and All like right. just just you know throwing that out there how weird is that so um Mike is in the basement, and his girlfriend is like he's he's like hiding in there. Right. And suddenly his girlfriend is just there, and yeah. uh, she kills him, I guess. 
Yeah, he's a small little weakling, so it only makes sense that uh, that she'd be able to tear his head off pretty quick. Yeah. So then she goes upstairs with a box, and she talks into her wrist. <laughs> Ready for departure. We haven't really made this clear, but it's supposed to be heads in all of these boxes. Right. Right. So she said, ready for departure. Uh, then we see the Renaissance Fair woman crawling on top of her dorky boyfriend. Yep. And uh, he goes, where did you get that costume? <laughs> where did that costume come? Is that Battlestar Galactica? He's still wearing that dumb fucking hat. <laughs> and uh, she starts choking him, and then a bunch of blood squirts over her. And then she says, prepare for departure. I mean, all of these characters that got introduced just to do this. Right. Then someone wakes up in bed. <laughs> This time it is John, who has up to this point, you might recall, went to the comic book convention and bedded that lady. Right. Uh, so, so he has now, I, he, he had sex with her. That's the strong implication. Right. His pants are missing. Uh, and uh, he goes, where are my pants? And she goes, I think you threw them over there last night, lover boy. Um, and then he goes, my girlfriend's going to kill me. And she goes, oh, I don't think she'll get the chance. And then she walks towards him with her hands out. Womp, 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 womp. Which, which, you know, in certain cultures is a greeting of apology. <laughs> <laughs> so many have died needlessly. Um, so then a blonde woman is sitting in her yard reading a magazine. And uh, her, she's Jennifer. I, can't, I don't know which character she is. Isn't that Tammy? She's a... a, a guy yells out to her jennifer where oh, are you right right and it can't be tammy because her boyfriend is john who we just saw that's a good that's a really good point holy shit so new character i guess I so jennifer guess. is sitting she's out on the patio which is just like a front yard area why are we introducing new characters when there's three minutes left of the film yeah so uh the guy yells out to her to say that he's out of underwear and that he's going to go to the store and pick up some beer and <laughs> I love the correlation between those. I'm out, of, <laughs> I'm out of underwear. I'm gonna go to the store and get some beer. So she hears a weird noise and looks up into the sky, and a UFO goes by. And then we see uh, the inside of. Yeah, the we finally get to see the inside of the ship. Yeah. Uh, and the women are stacking cardboard boxes. One one of them stacks them very badly and knocks it over. And we see we see John's still living head inside, and he starts screaming and let's hear John scream it's so great brilliant give that man an award folks that's the end of the movie yeah pretty much all we have now is footage of someone making a sandwich a pimento loaf sandwich a pimento loaf sandwich while someone reads a news report can i just state for the record that the entire time i'm watching this i'm just like gagging and throwing up in my mouth this is the most disgusting sandwich i've ever seen like there's just nothing about this that i would find even remotely appealing it's i'll be honest with you mo pimento loaf does nothing for me Right. Well, it's the ma- it's the mayo that really turns me off. Yeah. And he puts a lot on there. It's a gross sandwich. And yeah. well, we have the news report. Let's listen to the news report. All right. So I'm just gonna warn everybody in advance. This this clip is literally like a minute and a half long. So let's just get into yeah, it. Bunker in and enjoy. This hour's news brought to you by Talk of the City Telegrams. Belly dancers, clowns, gorillas, available for birthdays, weddings, and other special events. When you want to be Talk of the Town, call Talk of the City Telegrams. 
City police are still baffled about the mysterious rash of beheadings and disappearances among several local housewives in the last 24 hours. Although authorities have yet to comment on a possible link between the odd crimes, their close time frame and locality seem to indicate a connection of some kind. Mayor Davis has called a state of emergency in the city and outlying areas at this time. A 9 p.m. curfew has been set and extra police patrols have been added from nearby Lincoln County. Stay tuned for more details as they become available. And now back to more music on KJOE. Right. KJO, that's KJOE. Joe ah, Sherlock is the guy who directed this movie. Oh, I see. I see what they did there. Then, that, then it goes right to the credits, and there's a song that goes "Shake That Booty." <laughs> Shake that booty. Here, uh, let me and, let me just play that now. So, all right, let's yeah. hear some "Shake That Booty." Right. Shake that that booty. Shake that booty. The movie is over. Yeah. Thank goodness. So we get a very uh, brief credit sequence, and it ends. I will say, I, I really respect how the credits end with just, what the hell, written on the screen. <laughs> just says, what the hell. And you know what? What the hell, Odd Noggins. What the hell, indeed. So, there it goes. here's the thing about Odd Noggins, is that it, it probably would be a lot easier to watch a second time. Probably because because you would have an expectation about where certain things are going and you could have a little bit more fun with the elements that are very poor and 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 easy it'd be easier to kind of bypass the idea of literally five people getting showers or getting baths and getting interrupted by phone calls right. and conversations that that reference things that don't go anywhere and and I mean a plot that doesn't really go anywhere uh, and that doesn't really seem to have a point or a purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- there are an entertaining elements to this. Some of the non sequiturs, I think, are the kind of the most amusing parts. Uh, things like the pimento loaf and and, and so, some of the references that come up again and again. Right. But that's not a movie. You know, I mean, it is. This is a movie. But what I mean is that is not enough to maintain interest even over an hour. Mm-hmm. And not that I necessarily wanted to see Bob's party. It doesn't matter that we never saw Bob's Halloween party. But it just seems like all of those elements are superfluous. Like, they just don't matter. Right. Well, it seems like every element in this movie was superfluous and it doesn't matter because it should have ended at Bob's party. So, is, <laughs> were they all aliens at the beginning? See, that's the tough part is I don't know. Like, were they aliens at the beginning or did they become aliens? So, were they were, they... like, working these dead-end jobs and they were aliens? Yeah. And, like, so was the idea that like like when they were waking up from bad dreams or or was taste of the city just a front f- for aliens taste oh you mean the uh the the um yeah. telegram yeah yeah i don't know what it was called taste of the city was it it was called taste of the city doesn't seem to make like uh, I guess you're right. No, talk of the city. Talk of the city. Talk I'm of the sorry. Taste of the city. Come on, whatever, Mo. man. You're making less sense in this movie we just watched. <laughs> oh, that's 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 hard. To, that's hard to do. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. So, so I guess the idea is that they were hiring these people and then brainwashing them to be aliens. Okay. Or, but at least one of the characters, like the first character we met, Tammy. There's no suggestion that she even works for that company. Right. Exactly. There's a lot of them who don't. I don't know. 
I'll tell you, uh, fair listeners, if you can puzzle this one out, I'd like to hear your explanation about what happened in Odd Noggins. Yeah. Remember, it's influenced very clearly by David Lynch slash Ed Wood, so maybe it's all up to our own personal interpretation. My interpretation is that it sort of sucks. But, <laughs> but I know that other people feel differently about that. Yeah, subject. talk me out of it. You know, show me, show me the way. I want you to show me the way. Do you? Audience. Day after day. <laughs> I'm going to make my guitar uh, talk. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do impressions of that. Yeah. Uh, when I, I'm, I'm being slightly, I'm exaggerating a lot of my feelings. I was, I was entertained reasonably enough because of how much odd things were happening. And yeah, I make, I make jokes, you know, and, and, and I stand by a lot of my comments, like the fact that almost nothing happens in this movie. But, I mean, ultimately, I was, you know, at least remotely entertained by this. Like, like what, what, what I, what I said to Joe Sherlock directly on the the Facebook group <laughs> is that the best thing about Odd Noggins is that it actually makes me want to see Drifters. So, yes, you know, uh, and 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 frankly, Drifters on a whole different level of of quality in terms of well production and acting than this one is. Right. Uh, it it it, it can't, I mean, obviously, there's, there's a big evolution in 14 years. Yeah. You know, the movie that this most reminded me of in some ways was Holy Moly. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, that's actually a good. We, we haven't really talked about that in a while. Now, Holy Moly fits together a, l- a lot better because it's just kind of got a straightforward plot. Yeah. But the way that it sometimes randomly jumped to, like, uh, uh, dream sequences and, and things like that. Or a small baby vomiting. Or a small baby baby vomiting. Man, Holy Moly's great. I love Holy Moly. <laughs> Go watch Holy Moly. <laughs> Go watch Holy Moly. Uh, but, uh, but you know, there are enough interesting moments that, that for fans of shot-on-video cinema, uh, this being only an hour long, it's worth seeking out just to say you saw it, especially because he's remaking it. And, but I will say this. There's no doubt in my mind that his remake is going to be ten times better than this. It's got to be. It's got to be. Uh, because there's going to be nudity in it, for Ooh. one thing. He has confirmed as such on our Facebook page. Nudity, <laughs> not a prerequisite for a movie to be good, but... Uh, it certainly helps. It certainly can't hurt. Right. We have not mentioned on this episode, uh, well, we mentioned just briefly at the end of the last episode, that Joe Bob Briggs reviewed this movie. Right. And gave it a positive review. He says, see it. Okay. All right. So you can't argue with that. He did say in his review that he was upset about the fact that uh, with the uh, beast's blood and boobs, that uh, that this does not have boobs. So he was a little upset about that. But uh, but that's why that's why Joe Sherlock is fixing that for the sequel. Oh, sorry, not the sequel. Boy, the, I don't want to make that mistake. Yeah, I made right. that mistake with Todd Jason Falcon Cook before. Um, this is uh, going to be a remake. Remake. <laughs> Re- very important that we uh, that we mention that as a remake. remake. That's Odd Noggins, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, yep. Uh, Mo says, see it. <laughs> <laughs> I begrudgingly say, see it. <laughs> Mo, uh, we're rapidly running out of time because you have to get out of here fairly soon. I do. Uh, but we do want to announce what our next movie is going to be. Yep, yep, yep. Do it. What? Oh, I'm going to do it. You do it. Uh, we're actually going to be covering a movie I've seen before that I've heard mentioned by people on the uh, on, on the Facebook group previously uh, that has uh, recently, I think, hit almost its 10-year anniversary. And that is from 2005. It's uh, Eamon Hardiman's Catholic Ghoul Girls. Yep, yep. Catholic Ghoul Girls. I love the play on words. It's. I think it's supposed to be like a joke on Catholic school girls. I think you're right. 
Mm-hmm. I get jokes. Um, <laughs> so Cadillac Ghoul Girls will be covered on episode 52 of the No Budget Nightmares podcast. Mo, for those who want to check us out, what's the best way for them to do it? Well, there's uh, Suicide Girls slash... Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Because, um, you know... I'd rather go there. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Facebook.com slash groups slash No Budget Nightmares. Yeah, just search for your No Budget Nightmares. You'll find us. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. I that's, guess that's it then. That's the best way. You can find Mo on Twitter at, at DrunkOnVHS. Yep, yep. Over. And you can find me at Doug underscore Chili. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. E-Y. If you're looking for uh, how to subscribe to us on iTunes or if you want to subscribe via Stitcher or if you just want to check out our old episodes, head over to NoBudgetPodcast.com because all of that is there. Please leave us a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. I do want to tease that there's going to be a few giveaways happening in the near future, some very exciting giveaways. Uh, and you know, We're giving away Doug's wife. That's right. Take my wife. <laughs> Please. Oh, please. Please. <laughs> Better acting than what we saw in Odd Dog. That's true. Um, yes. Uh, so uh, so please look forward to that. There's going to be some really exciting stuff, and I, I don't want to give too much away right now. Uh, Mo, I would normally at this point ask if you've seen anything interesting lately. Tell me right now very quickly. If I've seen anything interesting? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, No. <laughs> Not really. Well, that is short. Short and sweet. Uh, I should mention very briefly before we finish up that in uh, uh, about a week and a half, two weeks, I'm going to be headed off to Toronto for the Toronto International Film Festival where I will be spending time with the stars. Nice. No, I'm going to be spending time in dark rooms watching movies from around the world, uh, and I will report back uh, anything that might be interesting over at dailygrindhouse.com, which is where you find my writings. So please check me out over there. Again, any of my stuff also gets posted to the Facebook group. Join up, man, because you're going to be joining a lot of people. It's growing literally every goddamn day. And you can go over there and <laughs> talk to the directors of the movies that we're actually discussing. Yeah, they really do tend to, to pop in quite a bit. So we'll see if we can get Eamon Hardiman over there for Catholic Ghoul Girls. Uh, having watched that movie before, there's a part of me that maybe thinks that he wouldn't want to go over there. But, uh, but hey, people are... They're usually very good about uh, us being kind of, you know, off the wall, a little bit wacky, a little bit, uh, you know, uh, off the beaten path, a little bit obscure when it comes to talking about their movies. And uh, and they give lots of great feedback. So Joe Sherlock on the uh, Facebook page, since I just happened to pop over there, uh-huh. uh, confirmed that there is, in fact, no, quote unquote, legal way to buy a copy of Odd Noggins. Yeah. So th- you guys yeah. are of Shit Creek if you want to see a copy of this movie. Maybe if we put a little pressure on Joe, he might put up a copy for people to watch. Yeah. But uh, but I wouldn't bet on that necessarily. Check it out. VHS, the only way to do it. This is a rarity. We, we put our No Budget Nightmares rarity stamp of approval it really it really is i mean the only way you're gonna find this is from a private seller you know on like ebay or or amazon ebay amazon mo we have to finish up because it's time for you to go yes absolutely now you end it you you say something to end the episode all right uh well you know stay tuned for a song (laughs) stay tuned for a new song from rue huzzah god that's gonna be the terrifying and uh uh, odd noggins and uh you know keep a lookout for uh for new and future episodes of uh no budget nightmares yeah yeah do that do it you know you want to <laughs> good night folks what happened what happened to me last night 
bruises everywhere Not a nightmare I know now But something's not right Abduction Abduction by a man from space Yellow pudding everywhere Not a nightmare Now I'm spitting yellow goo right out of my face Did you see that movie last night? It was such an awful fright There was yellow pudding everywhere Though the yard noggins here Don't seem to care Don't seem to care That first verse did you hear me sing it before this one? It's like everybody's talking about it Though the song has just begun That same verse Don't it seem real out of place Like the rest of the song No matter how long we'll just have to wait Did you see that movie last night? It was such an awful fright There was yellow pudding everywhere Though the odd noggins here seem to care. Remember that verse. 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 The headhunting housewives from outer space and all across these United States will tear off the heads of their men or worse. Just don't forget about that first verse. That movie. The one that we all saw last night. It seemed to last but got nowhere fast Like they planted like that when they started to write That movie was packed full of deja vu Full of ends and nods in With all the odd noggins of puddings and conventions And a kissing and a loving Did you see that movie last night? It was such an awful fright There was yellow pudding everywhere From the kitchen sink the top of the stairs The movie last night was such an awful fright But everyone will sit and stare Except the odd knockings They were never there